Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, thanks so much for being with me again for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'm titling my discussion today, The Good God Way of Life, which is totally opposite than a way of life when we imagine God is being bipolar or distant or angry or punitive or full of wrath. The only true God, as Jesus called him and as Jesus revealed to us, is pure goodness, pure light with no trace of darkness, pure, unconditional love. All right, so we're going to talk about the good God way of life. My friend Mike Popovich, who I've interviewed several times on this podcast, says when Christians finally get the revelation and start to believe Christ, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Christians getting the revelation and starting to believe Christ, their lives will really be exponentially better Most believe a little bit about Christ. Very, very few believe what their book actually says about Christ, and even fewer trust what Christ in them says. Now, I'm paraphrasing, Mike, but that's basically what he says. My friend Paul Young talks about grace for today, always living, having enough grace, more than enough grace, just for the day. Well, I'm going to combine those two thoughts today, and we're going to look at some very practical application for living the all-good, all-good-God way of life. We're going to look at the all-good consequences of understanding, getting the revelation, and then living as one with Christ, Christ living in us and through us and as us, for whatever we need, for any given day, for the good God way of life. All right, here are some things that Mike talks about, and I do too, that if Christians only really believed about Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 6 from the Mirror Translation. There is only one God. He remains the ultimate father of the universe. We are because he is. He is present in all. He is above all. He is through all and in all. In Acts 17, 24 to 28, say that uh, Paul was talking here to pagan believers who hadn't even heard of Jesus. He said, we are God's offspring. In, he is not far from each one of us. In him, we live and move and have our being. God is the perfect father of all, who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Wouldn't it be amazing if Christians actually believed that verse that is in their book, in my book? If we actually believe that God is the father of everyone, and that he lives in everyone, and that we all 
live and move and have our very being in him. If we just believed that God lives in us all, that would be a very different brand of Christianity than what religion taught me. If we just believed that. (laughs) But let's go on a little further. I have to say, as a pastor for 30 years, first 20 years of being a pastor, when I first started getting this and started telling people that Christ was in everyone, man, I got pushback. I got people saying, I just don't believe that. And I would show on these verses, and they would look at them like, I didn't know that was there. And then they would say, well, I just don't believe that. Yeah. If Christians just believed that Christ was in everyone, that would make a big difference in how we all lived, wouldn't it? Look at what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus chapter 2, verses 5 to 7. Even when we were dead, spiritually dead, in our sins and trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I mean, we were dead. We were spiritually dead. We had no part in that. It was all by grace. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I memorized that whole chapter, Ephesians 2, back in my religious days. I had no idea of what that meant. When I was dead in my sins and trespasses, God made me alive together with Christ. He made me sit with Christ in the heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father. Have you ever had a sermon in the church you grew up in about you already being in Christ and sitting at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenly places while you were still dead in your sins and trespasses and didn't even know about Jesus, didn't ask Jesus to come into your heart when you were maybe searching for Jesus. By the way, Jesus has never been lost. (laughs) We don't need to search for him. All right, how about this? If we just believe these things, what if Christians just believe that you were already seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus? I mean, that's what your book says, right? John 14, 20, the night before he died, Jesus says, when that day comes... And I want to tell you that day is today. Whatever day it is you're listening to this, it's today. You will know, Jesus said, that I am living in the Father and you are one with me and I am in you. The Father and I are living in you. What if we Christians just believed what was in our book and what Jesus said, that God is living in us and we're living in him? All right. Those are just some key verses that set up what I'm going to talk about today. I'm just going to talk about three more key verses. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And we're going to look at some different translations here, both the mirror and the passion and the New King James Version. Here's the mirror, Colossians 3, verse 1. Paul says, see yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now, ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Verse 2, becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts, 
will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul-ruled realm. Set your minds upon the things that are above and not on things below. The RSV says, whatever you face in your daily lives, acquaint yourself with the greater reality, the things that are above. Do not engage with the energy of the things that are below. And that takes us to 2 Corinthians 4.18, a companion passage. We're not keeping any score of what seems so obvious to the senses on the surface. Those things are fleeting and irrelevant. It's the unseen eternal realm within us. That, by the way, is where we're seated in the heavenly realms. It's the unseen eternal realm within us, which has our full attention and captivates our gaze. A renewed mind conquers the space previously occupied by worthless pursuits and habits. Passion says this, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. New King James says, set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. Now, going on with verse 3, with what the Passion, Mirror, and New King James said, your union with Christ's death broke the association with the seen world. So now see yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. In that day, you'll know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Occupy your mind with this new order of life. You died when Jesus died. Whatever defined you before defines you no more. Christ, in whom the fullness of deity dwells, defines you now. Francois de Toit, the translator of the mirror, says the word hidden can also be translated secret. The secret of your life is your union with Christ in God. And then he refers us to Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Risen then with Christ, you must lift your thoughts above where Christ now sits at the right hand of God. You must be heavenly minded, not earthly minded. You've undergone death and your life is hidden away now with Christ in God. Christ is your life. When he is made manifest, you are made manifest in his glory. That's the Knox translation. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And finally, New King James says, Colossians 3, 3, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, I want to take just a few minutes and look at some key phrases in those three verses in Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 3. Colossians 3, 1, the mirror. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now, ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Christ. What are the consequences of you being raised up already into the heavenly realms and seated there with Christ? What are the consequences of our co-inclusion in Christ? There's so many, I could talk for the rest of my life and not cover them all, but I encourage you to take some time and think about them yourself. When you really understand who Christ is, where Christ is, who you are, where you are in Christ, in the heavenly realms, one with God the Father, what are the consequences of that? Well, the consequences include, but are certainly not limited to, union, being one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being included, being accepted, being totally forgiven with no 
absolutely no limits, no exclusions, no conditions, living in pure light with no trace of darkness, being filled with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being filled with the fruit of the Spirit, pure light, love, joy, peace, grace, compassion, mercy, all of those different things, having everything that God has given you for life and godliness. I mean, the consequences of your co-inclusion with Christ, if we just pondered those things, if we just took time to think about those things, man, what would the consequences of that be? Well, you'd have a renewed mind for one thing. You'd be thinking about good things instead of bad things. Look at this next phrase. Relocate yourself mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Where is the throne room? The throne of grace. It's in you, in you. That's where Christ is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have made their temple in you. The throne of heaven is in you. I mean, that, that's what your book says. I mean, don't beat me up. I'm just the messenger. That It's not a sweet by and by someday, one day, way up in the sky, off where, no, it's right here and right now. That's where the kingdom of God is, where the temple of God is. Jesus said that. The kingdom of God is in you. Paul said, you are the temple of God. God's made his temple in you. He lives in you. So relocate yourself mentally. How do we do that? I've had people say to me, well, I, I don't have any idea how to relocate myself mentally. I probably said that myself. Well, yes, you do. Now, I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to all of us. We all have the ability to relocate ourselves mentally. We all do it every day. We just do it with negative results instead of positive. One of those is future tripping or catastrophizing, future tripping, thinking about what might happen in the future and worrying about it, being angst-filled, having anxiety, being concerned that what if this happened or what if that happened? What if, what if, being, just being worried, being caught up in that. That's mentally relocating yourself from where you are right now in the here and now to some mythical time in the future that probably is not going to happen and not envisioning God there. That's what it is to worry. Oh, I'm just so concerned about what might happen if I go out without a mask and I run into somebody that hadn't been vaccinated, all this. or Oh, I'm just concerned about the government and who the president now is or who the next president might be. Or, oh, I'm just so worried about the economy. That's future tripping. That's not considering and not trusting God in those things. That's relocating yourself mentally. And you know what? That never, ever, ever, ever produces anything good. It just drags you down. It drags me down when I do that. It affects my health, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health. There's nothing good about that. Yeah, we know how to relocate ourselves mentally, just not the way God offers us. We also do that in the past. We can be sitting right here now talking to each other in the present and mentally relocate ourselves into the past and think about, oh, that t oh, God, you don't know about me, that time that I did this or I did that and I hurt this person or they hurt me or I was the victim or all those. That's relocating yourself mentally in the past. And 
it's not seeing God in those instances, although he was always there with you. See, we're masters at relocating ourselves mentally from a negative standpoint and leaving God out. But your book, In Christ in You, says, no, let's be masters at relocating ourselves mentally positively right now by thinking what is true right now by thinking throne room realities. In Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, whatever is true and right and pure and lovely and admirable and without fault, think about those things. Think about what's true about you, not what you think is true about you, but what Jesus says is true about you, that he loves you unconditionally, that he died for you, that he saved you before the beginning of time, that he gave you grace before the beginning of time, that you're one with him. Think about those things. 2 Corinthians 4, 18, Paul writes this, we're not keeping any score or remembering it all. We don't have a list. We're not keeping any score of what seems so obvious to the senses on the surface because all that stuff is fleeting and irrelevant. It is the unseen and eternal realm within us which has our full attention and captivates our gaze. A renewed mind conquers the space previously occupied by worthless pursuits and habits. Hear that? A renewed mind conquers the space previously occupied by worthless pursuits and habits, catastrophizing, think future tripping, past tripping, all of those things. All right, relocate yourself mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. How do we do that? Well, we change our mind, the horribly mistranslated word metanoia that's horribly mistranslated as to repent, we change our mind, we flip the switch from AM to FM, we flip the switch from what we think to what Christ thinks, we renew our minds, we listen to the mind of Christ in us, and we, from a quantum standpoint, we raise our vibrations, we raise them up to being in tune with where God is, we elevate our consciousness. It's a form of positive thinking, not pie-in-the-sky positive thinking, but thinking good thoughts, like attracts like, good attracts good, bad attracts bad, relocating ourselves mentally. The acronym that we use, DEEM, D-E-M, delightfully expect effortless manifestation of Christ in you. That's how we do it. We just, we change our thinking. We raise our, we think good thoughts. We think true thoughts. We think of what God says. We take sides with what God says instead of what we say and what we've been taught by the doctrinal systems of darkness as perpetuated by religion. Now look at what happens when we do this. Verse two, becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by earthly soul ruled realms. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things below. Don't engage yourself in the energy, in the energy of things that are below. You know, Einstein's theory of relativity, energy, E equals or is the same as matter squared. E equals MC squared. Thoughts are energy. Your thoughts are energy. They exist and they become matter, if you will. They form things in our brain. Thoughts are energy. They become matter. Their energy is in wave form. Matter is in particle form. So don't engage your energy. Don't engage the energy of your mind and your thoughts on things that are below. 
things that seem to be true in this world, things that religion has taught you that are not true. No, set your mind on things above. Just change the way that we think. And then finally, verse 3, our union with Christ's death broke the association with the natural world. So see yourself located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's where the real you is. Occupy your mind, Paul says, with this new order of life. You died when Jesus died. Whatever defined you before defines you no more. Christ, in whom the fullness of deity dwells, defines you now. The word hidden, Francois says, can also be translated secret. The secret of your life is in your union with Christ Jesus and God. Colossians 2, 9 to 10 says, Risen then with Christ, you must lift your thoughts above. See, we lift our thoughts up where Christ now sits at the right hand of God, and you are there with him. You must be heavenly minded, not earthly minded. You've undergone death, and your life is spiritual death, and your life is now alive, hidden away with Christ in God. Christ is your life. When he's made manifest, you are made manifest in his glory. And that's happened right now and is happening today and every day of our life. Folks, we have the opportunity to totally change our thinking, to raise it to a higher level, to think on the things that Jesus thinks on. We have the mind of Christ. And when we do that, we realize who Jesus really is, who the Holy Spirit is, who grace is, who we are, who everybody else is. We see what true reality is. We don't future trip. We don't past trip. We think on what really is, and then we experience the good God life as opposed to the bad God life, which leaves us worried and fearful and full of shame and all of those things that religion does. Don't think about those things anymore. Don't be around those things anymore. Don't listen to people who talk about those things anymore. Don't have anything to do with them. We don't have to do it. That's what it means to be called out. We are the called out ones. We have been called out from the doctrinal system of darkness that's perpetuated by religion, by government, by things in this world. Yeah, we live in the world, but we don't take the same mindset. We don't dwell on those things. We don't focus on what's going on in the natural realm. We focus on what's true in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realms, which are inside of us, where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, and where we are co-seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Man, that's good news. I preached myself happy today. That's great news. Hey, thank you guys for listening. If, if these messages are helpful to you, let me know if you would. Uh, those of you who are watching this on YouTube, you know, make a comment. You can contact me at purelightwalker, as you can see in my background, purelightwalker at gmail.com. Those of you who we already have a, a relationship, let me know. I don't know who's out there, who's listening or who's watching until I hear from you. So let me know. I'd love to visit with you. I'd love to connect with you. I just love sharing this time together. So thanks for being with me. See you next week. Paul Gray saying, love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle. <laughs>